0: Uh, uh, Do both versions of that song Because see here's the problem So the real churchy folks The real churchy folks Wouldn't have never listened To Bone Thug and Harmony Even though those words are saying The same thing So we not only need to reach uh, The churchy folks are already in the church We need to reach those other folks We need to reach those Other folks out there and see People don't get the message and, And um I was wondering why God put that on my heart to do the Bone Thug and Harmony, because see the enemy wants to use things that was meant for good to turn into bad. Because for those of y'all who know who Bone Thugs and Harmony is, they made that song Crossroads, you know, and we pray and we pray and we pray. Every day, every day. And see, they made that song, but, you know, people want to turn it around and they don't want to look at the, the positivity because the name is Bone Thugs and Harmony. See, those folks like Snoop Dogg made a church record. You don't hear that much about it. Kanye West made that church record, you know. Uh, uh, and, and, and see, the enemy, after they use these powerful people, To do these church words and church thing, the enemy started attacking those people. Because for y'all who don't know, you know, some of the Bone Thugs and Harmony people went to jail and Kanye went, you know, wherever he went. But my whole purpose of doing that is, is because those people, uh, they're old school rappers. Those people, grandmamas. And mamas, they worked hard. They were religious women and and men. They went to church and they taught them differently, but the system kind of twisted them. See, what we talked about the last time I preached was about those drugs. The devil's revenge using God's saints. So I was asking God, see, my thing is. And I'm going to get to my sermon. But before I do, I just want to say one thing. Father God, I just thank you this morning, Father God. Father God, I thank you for each and every one here this morning, Father God. And Father God, I just want to ask, Father God, that the words that come out my mouth be acceptable in your sight, Father God. I say it's my sight, but your vision, Father God, my mouth, but your words, Father God. In Jesus' name I pray and everyone say amen. Amen. So the thing is, you know, uh, I kind of, I kind of, you know, I live alone. And uh, when the kids ain't here, you know, I could be laying down and I pray. And then I realize I unconsciously meditate prayer, meditation, prayer, meditation. And so uh, I was sitting back and I was thinking and I was like, you know, Monisa asked me this morning. She was like, ain't those two songs the same? And that's the same thing when I was in my meditation that I was accidentally in that I asked God. I'm like, God, why would you put that on my mind to even do that? Would the pastor, when she looks and see that it says bone thugs and harmony, what would the pastor say about that? But I took a look at the pastor. Now, my pastor may be in her 80s, but she was jamming. I saw her head moving yeah (laughs) she was jamming to that so what i'm trying to say is god makes no mistakes when he tells you to do something see a lot of people think that god don't talk to you but it's not that it's just that you're not listening so sometimes you got to pray and you just got to sit back and you just got to meditate on what you just prayed on and meditation could be simply quiet thinking letting your body absorb that you just prayed and you sitting back and you listening for the answer. Too many people say God don't don't answer, but he does. And so what I learned in my church is that if it ain't good, it ain't of God. So the answers that you're hearing, you have to do. You do have to check it out and say, wait a minute, is this God or is this this other guy talking to me? So what God was telling me in this unconscious meditation that I have, because sometimes I snap out of it and I'm like, who in the world is I just talking to? Man, you was talking to God. He was talking to you and you were answering. And then I'd be like, well, maybe I'm answering myself because I'm always looking for excuse to say that God don't talk to me. I'm looking for that excuse. So I'm like, am I answering my own question? No, because those wouldn't be the answers that I would give. So I was worried about the sermon. I was like, okay, God, you haven't really placed the sermon on my mind. And he said, yes, I did. You, you need to continue what you started. See, God has asked me to do these sermons or given me these sermons. And then he has given me the part two of these sermons and I've never done them. But this time I'm going to do exactly what God told me to do. He told me to give part two of that sermon of The devil's revenge using God's saints. And I started with the steps because the steps of Narcotics Anonymous has a lot to do with God. The steps that they teach you in those programs have a lot to do with God. And those steps, like I mentioned, they're not only for drugs. They're for bad relationships. They're for mental stuff. They're for stress. Though uh, uh physical and mental abuse, those steps can be used for each and every one I'm not gonna go over all the steps But I will do step one again because really that's the way it starts. So the step one in a and na And like I said before this is not a A-A-N-A na thing. I'm just doing what God told me to do And so I never do a series so God gave me a series this time. Since I did one through five steps and I showed Bible verses for them, he told me to do the rest. He said, but keep it short because it's communion Sunday also. So he told me to do the rest. And he told me the next time that I preach. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because I need to follow his steps. He ordered my steps and I need to follow them. So the next time I need to preach, he told me to preach on that serenity prayer. Y'all know that serenity prayer? God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, but that wisdom to know the difference. So I did ask him, I'm like, uh, 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 why do you want me to preach on that? But he ain't answered that because I shouldn't ask him that question. So what we did last time, we started at, at, at step one. So if you don't, if you weren't here last time, then I need you to go to my podcast with God. All things are possible. You can find that podcast wherever podcasts are available or go to my YouTube page, Man of Faith, Bread of Life Church, so you can hear part one of what I'm about to do. So step one said that we admitted we were powerless over our addiction and compulsive behavior. And I want to really state on that compulsive behavior because they're saying right there that we're not only talking about addiction, we're talking about our attitudes, good or bad, mainly bad. We're talking about these bad relationships that we have been through and then the next person we deal with, they the same way. We're looking for the same thing. It says uh, over our addiction and compulsive behavior that our lives have become unmanageable. The way to healing and the way to heal is to admit, to admit that, hey, I'm not all that and my life is unmanageable. But we discussed this in the last one. Please go to the podcast or the YouTube page. And then I gave a a, a Bible verse, which I'm not going to repeat, but that verse was Romans 7 and 18. So I want to continue because I stopped at five. And like I say, go back and check it out. Number six in that sense, we we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. We were ready to have God remove the defects of character. Now, this is in the NA12 steps, the word God. And like I mentioned before, when I learned how to, uh, uh, to do my steps and put God in it, some healing came in my body some healing came in my body. And so for those of y'all who don't know my pastor, because I see my lovely friend, uh, uh, Sabrina is here. God bless you girl. And, uh, uh, and also, uh, uh, Aisha is here as well. So for y'all who don't know the, uh, program that I went into free at last, uh, pastor's son kind of help start that program. He's a big part of that program. So my pastor understands uh, uh, drug, alcohol abuse, and, and AIDS and, and all of that because she's in the community that deals with that type of stuff. So don't be uh, uh, like uh, worried what type of uh, church we are that preaches about uh, 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 the 12 steps or play music like Bone Thugs and Harmony. We're not religious. We're spiritual. Here at this church. Okay, so I just want to clear that up and get that out the way. We're not all into that super religious stuff, but we are into that spiritual stuff. And I would rather be spiritual than religious any day. You know, Jim Jones was religious, but I'm going to leave that alone. OK, so it says we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of characters. First of all, we got to admit that we have these defects. First, we got to admit that, hey, there's something going on? This is why I don't have relationships. This is why I can't keep something going on like a relationship. This is why my marriage went wrong. This is why I drink too much, smoke too much, whatever. First, you have to admit that defect of character if you have one. And we all have something going on. So what the uh, Bible says about that is James 4 and 10. So I'm going to ask you guys to write this down because I'm going to move fast because this is... Our communion Sunday. And I do want to get this point across. So the sixth step of uh, uh, Narcotics Anonymous said we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. James 4 and 10 says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. So in order to get rid of those defects and those bad things that's going on in your life, kind of relate to what James 4 and 10 said, because you have to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Let him know, Lord, I have this problem. Lord, this is what's going on in my life. Lift me up from this problem. Take me out of this problem. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. OK, and then the verse seven says, I mean, uh, 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 step seven says, humbly ask him. Humbly asked him to remove all our shortcomings, basically about what I was just saying. Who is him? God. They just didn't use the word God in that particular one. So if you go into an N.A. program or if you do anything with N.A. and you read the N.A. book, it has God in it so many times. That's why I feel like uh, uh, I feel very comfortable about, uh, about comfortable about preaching about the 12 steps of N.A. Because it's only like seven or eight of us here, but other people will listen. And I want them to know why I feel comfortable about preaching this because it says humbly ask him. And I'm going to say humbly ask God to remove all our shortcomings. So the verse for that is John 1, 1, 9. So if we go to John 1, 9, and if you can't go to it right now, write it down and then uh, go back to it later. So humbly ask God to remove all our shortcomings. John 1, 9 said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to clean and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we ask God that step seven to remove our shortcomings, then we need to confess our sins to God. And I don't mean the sins that you think is okay, but all of them, all of them. You know, because sometimes we want to justify what we do, but we need not justify what we do if we know we did a little wrong. If we did wrong, we did wrong. If you're a liar, you're a liar. If you're a thief, you're a thief. Confess it to God. I mean, look how many people, I mean, uh, uh, David was an adulteress. You know, and I can go on and on and on and on. You know, of some of the people that God has used, I mean, Saul turned to Paul and we know he killed Christians. He killed people. But those are the people that God can use. But first, you must confess to God. You must let him know that, hey, hey, you know, uh, I've sinned. You know, I've been—I I did wrong. I have to confess a, a whole lot on days that I go to work and somebody been to piss me off, and I've been saying some up here. And I have to say, God forgive me. Did I think that in my mind? See, God has took the words out of my mouth. I really don't curse anymore. But sometimes I do say some things up here, y'all, you know, please forgive me. So I'm going to continue because we got a long way to go. And uh, what it said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Number eight says we made a list of all people we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. I'm going to tell you, all that was a hard one for me. I was a drug addict for 30 some years. I had a long list, y'all. And a lot of those people didn't want to hear what I had to say. It's hard to 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 make amends of all the things you've done. But what the Bible says about that is in Luke. 31 six and 31 i'm sorry and luke 6 and 31 it kind of helped me out when i i was like how do i make amends for all those people i i robbed from uh, all those people i i sold bad drugs to to get good drugs you know how do i make amends to those people how do i make amends to my baby mama you know what i'm saying the one who died and the one who's on online right now how do you make amends to those people You you go to Luke 6 and 31 and excuse me if I get deep because the truth will set you free. And I have no shame in my game. You know, it it, it is is what it is. I've asked God for forgiveness and God has forgiven me. So I can't really care if nobody else does. Just got to keep it real. But what it says to Luke 6 and 31, and as ye would that man should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. So what happened there was it didn't always tell me uh, how to make that amends, but it told me how to move forward. It told me to do unto others as I would want them to do to me. See, that's what that was the answer for that, because really, step nine is so hard. uh, I mean, uh, 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 step 10, making amends to all these people is so hard that it, it, it really you probably could never do it. I could never do it I could never make amends to all the people I have harmed Most of them gone A lot of them don't want to hear What I want to make amends to Because I've done some dirt So that uh, Luke 6 and 31 Just gave me the answer And in some versions it actually says, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you So that's how I live my life now That's how I live my life now I treat people the way I like to be treated and if you don't treat me that way, that's fine and dandy. I'm still going to say hi to you, but I'm going to keep it moving. I'm still going to be cool. We're going to speak, especially if we work together. I'm not going to hold a grudge. I'm going to forgive, but I'm sorry I'm not going to forget. You know, but I treat people the way I want to be treated. Let me continue because y'all know me. I get to talking. So number nine says, and it got something to do with number number uh uh, uh eight. It has a lot to do with number eight. We made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would uh would endure them, would injure them or others. So it's kind of tied in with eight so i'm not going I'm not going to do a, a whole lot about that because a lot of people I couldn't go back to because it would have injured me. I couldn't say what I did to them. Because they probably would have injured me. So that step was always a little hard for me. I had to work uh, with my sponsor with that step. I had to work with God with that step. I had to work with the Bible with that step, y'all. But what the Bible does say is in Matthew 5 and 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and thy remember if thy brother have aught against thee, so it took me a while to figure that out. It, it took me a while that like, okay, if you already then went to uh, uh somebody or you already prayed about it and if you already took it to the altar, then you have to let it go. Then you have to let it go. So so many things, you know, um, some of us have had, uh, I'll put it to you like this. We've had so many things happen to us in life that were bad and we still hold on to it. We still keep it. And so that's endangering us because we don't have room for what's going to happen tomorrow. So if we hold on to what happened to us last year, last week, when we were nine and 10, then we don't have room for the offenses that's going to come tomorrow, that things are going to happen to us. So that means that they're just adding up and adding on. So we have to learn how to pray about them. We have to learn how to forgive people. And if people don't forgive us, we have to learn to say that's okay. Because God forgives us and see I had that problem too and y'all know me I always say that what I preach is my problem also so I'm not just preaching to give a lesson to y'all I'm learning one myself God is steady teaching me so let me continue y'all uh uh, uh we went through that one and uh number 10 says continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong properly admit it So that's a very hard one for a lot of people because a lot of people don't want to admit they're wrong. A lot of people would know that they're wrong, but they just cannot admit that they're wrong. But in order to get cleansing, in order to get it together inside and get your soul right, you got to admit that you were wrong. Like I said, if you're a liar, you're a liar. Admit it. If you're a thief, you're a thief. Admit it. That's the only way you get rid of it is admit it. That's the only way you can cleanse yourself if you don't try to uh, uh, babysit it. Yeah, I lied, but it was for this reason. Yeah, I lied, but it wasn't no big old lie. You know how we do it. You know, or oh, oh, I'm the only one to do that. I'm probably the only one to do that. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so we got to to admit, we got to take a personal inventory. And when we take that personal inventory of ourselves, we got to be honest with ourselves. We got to say that this is our faults. We got to say, see, the thing that I hated about recovery, because every time something happened now. I have to look at myself and say, what part did I play in it? How can I have done it differently? People have done me dirty and rotten, and I'm like, oh, how can I play that differently? See, back in the day, back in the day, I wouldn't have thought like that. It was about how can I get that person back? You know, but now since recovery, I'm like, could I have did that differently? What was my part in that? You know, sounds kind of crazy, but... uh. We take a, a, a personal inventory and when we were wrong, properly admitted it. So uh, what I have for that is First Corinthians 10 and 12. First Corinthians 10 and 12. So what the word says, First Corinthians 10 and 12 says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he falls. What does that mean? What does that mean? Let him that thinketh take heed. Take heed in what you've done. Take heed. In, if you think that you, you are, are not wrong, but you know down deep in your heart that you're wrong, stand on it. Stand up. Be a man. Be a woman. Say, I did it wrong. I was wrong. I don't care because, so, you know, I, I got a problem maybe saying it in your face if I did it wrong, but you better believe I'm pray for it. I'm gonna pray for it, and I'm gonna pray, Lord. Let me uh uh give me something, give me something that you know uh helps me to tell this person that hey, I did them wrong, you know. And sometimes he don't give me that, so I just pray because sometimes it's not good to go back in their face and say I did wrong. Let me continue. It says uh uh, uh what do I have this here? Drug and alcohol is a temptation that leads you astray huh amen i should have said that earlier drug and alcohol is a temptation that leads you astray i don't know why that's in the middle of my sermon but 12th uh the 12th step uh uh says here no no i'm on 11. we this is what i love sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with god Praying for his will for us and the power to carry that out. Here's God in here again in the 11th step. And for those who are new, you know, uh, um, I'm one of those who, who, who go along with the, the Holy Spirit. I'm one of those who uh, uh, may not have practiced a sermon sometime because God didn't give it to me to practice. He gives it to me as I go along. He gave me these scriptures, but he gave me no words to say with them. So y'all bear with me when I stumble over stuff. And I'm not one of those hoopla preachers, neither. You know, uh, God, uh, you know, I'm not one of those, neither. So just, you know, kind of bear with me there because I know we got some new folks on here. It says, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. Praying only. Praying only for His will for us and the power to carry that out. So what I found is uh, Colossians 3:16: "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalm, hymn and spiritual, uh, spiritual song, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So prayer, meditation. Prayer and meditation, y'all. You can, you can pray in song. You can meditate in song. You can pray like me when I'm alone and, and, and I'm by myself and I say those prayers. I find myself going into meditation and I find myself in a deep someplace else. And then I, I, I snap out of and I'm like, was I just talking to God? Did God just give me that answer? But I love that answer for, uh, uh, uh for, uh, 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for his will for us and the power to carry that out. Colossians 3 and 16 again, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishment, admonishing one another in psalm and hymn and spiritual song, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So, you know, um, Sometime when you think that God never talks to you, you need I, I need you just to sit back and, and be alone, take some deep breaths, you know, and, and, and just concentrate on God after you pray and, and, and continue to do it, you know, and wait for his answer. So many people say God don't answer because they're not listening and they're not waiting for God's answer, but he does answer. God does answer prayers and sometimes it takes a a, a long time for for, uh, uh, God to answer, but it doesn't mean he's not going to answer. And sometimes God doesn't answer when you want him to. He doesn't answer when you want him to. He's always right on time. He answers when he needs to be answered. And that's how God operates. And that's how he always have operated in my life. I have been through more trial tribulation, low bank accounts, and and all of this mess since I turned my will and my life over to God. I have been more, less money in in the whole nine yards. I made more money uh, when I was out there hustling cans and bottles and, and dealing drugs. But you know what, though? I have more peace of mind. I have more things now. I have a a, a nice place to live. I I have a car. I, I have more things now and I make less money. You know, how does that work? How does that happen? It happens because God will give you what you need. He may not give you what you want, but God will give you what you need. And if you sit back and think about some of your situations that you've been in and you wonder how you got out of it, did you think about God? Did you think that God may have brought you out of those situations that you just couldn't see a way out of? I don't know about y'all, but that's how I think. Because nobody else could. I mean, who who else can help me? Who 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 stopped that guy from shooting me in the head when I was at that drug place that I had no business being? I believe that was the same guy who shot somebody else. You know, why I didn't go to jail? Well, anyway i just giving you some examples, because like I say, ain't no shame in my game. You know what I'm saying? So how come these things happen and and, and you survive? You ever thought about that? Do you think the devil did it? He don't want you to do nothing. He don't want you to have anything. The devil is here to kill, steal and destroy, distract you. He wanted to take that song by Bones Thugs and Harmony and, 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 and not let church people listen to it. He didn't want people, I think, of the crossroads for y'all who know that that group. And if you don't know that group, listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony, the crossroads. I think that should be a gospel song. But you know what? People in, in church and religious people wouldn't say that. But remember, I'm not religious. I think that should be a church song but what happened was the enemy took that and they took it a whole different way and gave it a whole different meaning so Sabrina out there in Chicago know this that many of the gang members would after they shoot somebody they would say I see you in the crossroads that was not what the song was meant to say that was not but anyway I I keep forgetting this is uh, uh, communion Sunday so the last step says, having, I love this, having a spiritual experience, having a spiritual experience as the result of these, we try to carry this message to all, to others, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Excuse me, I get excited. I got to read that again. Having a, having a spiritual experience as the result of these, we try to carry the message to others and practice these principles in all our affairs. So I'm trying to carry the message to others. not only the message of the 12 steps, but the message of Jesus Christ. I want to carry that to others and practice that in, in, in all my principles. And, and what it say? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. And, and practice these principles in all my affairs. I want to practice that principle, not to carry the message of the 12 steps. I do that sometime too, but I want to carry the message of God. God did not give me that test. God did not put me through all that mess to not tell y'all about it. So I'm going to stop talking, but before I do, uh, Galatians 6 and 1. Say, brothering, if a man be overtaken in a fault, which are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, let thy also be tempted. So if you go out to bring a message, and this is really uh this really has a lot to do with people fresh in recovery, if you go out to give a message to somebody else because you're in recovery or you want to bring out the message of the Lord, don't let the devil bring you in because most likely you're going to be talking to the devil or if you out there talking to another drug addict who you're trying to save don't let that drug addict pull you in I want you to go over Galatians 6 and and, and 1 yourself then you'll understand what I just said so anyway you know I get excited about what I do and and like I say uh, uh, I don't uh, uh, study I go sometimes this one I didn't study I go on what the Lord puts in my heart to say so I really hope that somebody got something out of this. And this was part two of that. I'm not calling it drugs. I'm not calling it the devil revenge using God's saints. I'm calling it order, Lord, order my steps. Because see, that's what we need the Lord to do. We need to ask the Lord to order our steps. We need to ask the Lord to guide us in all directions, in any way we would go. If we just asked him, he will. And we find out that when we... Follow the Lord's path. We're on the right path. We're on the right path. So I'm going to uh, uh, finish my little sermon for today. I'm going to turn it back over to the pastor. And, and like I say, I hope somebody got something out of it. Be blessed. Be safe. And I'll turn it back over to you, Pastor.
1: Praise the Lord. Well, you know, all things work together for good. The scripture says that how can two walk together and best they agree? So when that uh, second version uh, of uh, All of My Steps came on, I laughed because I thought, I know I didn't do that. Is this something <laughs> that Monisha added or what is going on? But not because I was offended, because it was interesting to hear how people who may have come from a different perspective, who are saved people, but don't. Of falling to the mold that of X ex- some of us expect them to, could take that song and use it. It's a sermon. It's a sermon in itself because I was listening. You know, I, this is an old song as far as I'm concerned. I've known about this song for many years and my walk with the Lord. But in the song, the words of the song say, "Order my steps, order to my tongue." order my feet. It goes on to preach to us that we need to have God order every part of our life because without him we can do nothing. That's that's my sermon in a second. So I am just blessed that uh, our Reverend has taken on the task of uh, teaching on the 12 steps because there are so many so many misunderstandings with church folks about the 12 steps and if you listen to some church folks they say that the 12 steps are actually teaching against the word of God which is not true at all so then we know that they don't really know or understand the 12 steps because the 12 steps were created by a man Bill Wilson and the Oxford group, they were Christians, and they introduced uh, this process to help people get clean and sober and stay clean and sober, find every step in the word of God. So I am just pleased that he uh, took on this responsibility and has presented this to those of us that are present. But other people will be hearing this in his podcast. And uh, I have a cousin in Houston who just called me the other day. It's actually his mother was my first cousin. Uh, and it's a young man. And he's actually has my name. He has my maiden name. And he has my middle name. And his mother named him that for a reason. Uh she has been gone home to be with the Lord now for several years. This woman lived thirty years with leukemia. She was a registered nurse. Uh, she as a church woman for sure when I went for the for the homegoing service. There were lots of testimonies as to how she uh, had reached out to young people and some of the things that she said and that she did with them that they recalled. And so this young man uh, called me this week and he said, uh, Cousin Mary, I, I would love to hear some of your sermons. Well. I haven't sent him anything yet, but I'm going to send him this one at the podcast uh, that Reverend has because I don't know if he knows anything about addiction or any of that, but it's good for people to hear because there are a lot of uh, misunderstandings about that. And I think I just lost them. Uh uh,
0: we hear you. No, we can still hear you.
1: new one time, it's no longer new, but I have, uh Touch some things, and when I touch them it just goes where it wants to go so praise the lord. So anyway, we're going to get ready for the communion. I'm not going to re- preach this but I wanted you all to know it for those of you that are have joined us for the first time, we want to say welcome. Those who haven't seen for a long time, we want to say welcome. And uh, we're going to go uh we're going to have our communion service this morning so if you are joining us and giving uh, know that we we're going to have a communion service. If you have a little juice of any kind or a uh, little tea, and, uh, you can get you a little dry cracker and join us in our communion this morning. I'm going to ask you to uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We always use the scripture where the Apostle Paul talks about us having the Lord's Supper. We're going to do that. And I want to make an announcement before I do that, because once we have communion, we'll just dismiss. But uh, our Deacon Don is preparing to go back to his home state, uh, North Carolina, where his family is. And he's going to be going uh, in the next few weeks, actually. He's going to be going uh, to North Carolina. So we're going to... we're planning to have a little uh, goodbye celebration. Not that we're glad he's gone, but we're going to give him a send off. And so we're going to do that next Sunday afternoon. Uh, And so I want to invite you that are in the area to join us. Uh, We're going to go to the Texas roadhouse over in Fremont. And we're going to have lunch after service. And, uh, Uh, We can caravan over there or meet each other over there, I'll set up a reservation if I can and we'll meet each other over there and uh, we're going to have lunch uh, to uh, uh, wish him well and it's a no host lunch I'm sorry I'd love to be able to pick up the tab but the church is not able to do that right now so uh, I'm going to ask you I'll pay for Deacon Don's lunch and I'm going to ask you to pay for your own lunch if it's a real issue and you really want to go then give me a call and we'll try to work something out so next Sunday next Sunday what is the date next Sunday somebody oh
0: let's see
1: <laughs> alright I'll tell you what the date is next Sunday next Sunday 14th. Is, uh, looks like the 14th it's the 14th Pastor yes ma'am looks like the 14th Sister Sabrina verified that for me so it'll be after our service so we're going to say um, we will have our service uh, and then let's say that we want to meet uh, in Fremont uh, at 1 o'clock and uh, we get there a little early that's fine but I want to give us plenty of time to get over there and it's the Texas Roadhouse uh, it's a wonderful steakhouse you can even select your steak if you want to before it's cooked Uh, And those of us that go over there, some of us like to have steak, some of us like to have prime rib, uh, some of us like to have their chicken over there. So, anyway, that's what we're going to do, and we're going to just wish Deacon Don well. He served Bread of Life faithfully for a number of years. How many many years, Deacon, have you served here at Bread of Life as as a member and a deacon? Yeah, I'm mute. uh oh he's gone <laughs> <laughs> i
0: think he's trying to get off mute oh there he go
1: yeah he's still on mute though <laughs> well praise the lord we will uh oh now he's, he's on uh. <laughs> well praise the lord uh he's been with us a long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's been faithful Uh, we ordained him as a deacon he is our head deacon and he is the only deacon with us right now that's faithful and uh, we appreciate everything that he's done for us so we're gonna take him out and, and have a time of fellowship and food and And then he'll be leaving to go to North Carolina, where we hope that he will keep in touch with us and let us know how he's doing. Thank God for Zoom. He can join us for service if he's not in service at the time we're in service. And he can email us and he can text us and all of that. So we thank God for him. So now we're going to go on and have our communion service. And I asked you to turn your Bible, if you happen to have it or your telephone, to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, you have your little juice and cracker to uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper with us. You know, this is actually a celebration because we uh, have... uh, we have uh, a risen savior we have our savior is not we have this service but our savior is not dead he's very much alive and he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of grace making intercession for us uh, right now and uh, he is our intercessor he's the one he pleads with god for us he he asked God to forgive us. He asked God to uh, be patient with us. All of those things. Because the reason he can do that is because he's been in a flesh and blood body like us. But he is no longer. He's been his uh, glorified body now. Uh, because, you know, he shed his blood at Calvary for us. And then that blood was offered up as a sacrifice. And so he... has his glorified body now. And when we leave this earth, we and go to be with him, we will have a glorified body. We won't be in this body that we're in because it gets sick. It gets old, all of those things. But thank God for getting old. I am so excited that God has allowed me long life. And so I don't have any problems with that. And I'm relatively healthy, as far as I can tell. I'm healthy. My doctor tells me that I am, and I feel good, and I'm in my right mind. So I'm thankful for that. And so we're just going to go ahead now and have our communion. And unfortunately, I have... Put my cracker somewhere, but praise God, we're going to go ahead. That's nothing but the devil. I will let the devil stop me. You know, yesterday, I'll just share this with you. Yesterday, I was just struggling because, uh, or the night before, because service league I'm on the service league of San Mateo County. Uh, board of Trust uh, board of directors and our little executive director I, I call her little but she's a powerful woman uh she had uh, uh Karen Franconi had set up appreciation for the volunteers and of course board directors are included in that uh and her one of our uh funders one of the people that supports uh Service League. She lives in Hillsboro, and for those of you that don't live in Hills, live in California, Hillsboro is a very, very uh, wealthy area. <laughs> Many wealthy people live there, and one of the donors to Service League lives there. And uh, so she invited us to have it at her house, at her on her property, and uh, I knew. That I did not need to go to that. I knew I did. Didn't need to go. I kept having this heaviness about it. And even asked Friday night for prayer about it. And then the Lord, I said to the Lord, I don't want to lie. So I need you to show me what I need to say or why I don't need to go. And so on Saturday morning, God spoke to me. Through Sister Cora Holmes, Uh, she called me to let me know of illness in her family, serious illness in her family, (laughs) and possibly someone leaving, uh, you know, going home to be with the Lord. And uh, when she did that, I began to minister to her. And the Lord said to me, you need to be in prayer for her. You need to be in prayer for your sister, uh, pastor, uh, uh, pastor, uh, so you really need to stay home and be quiet and be in prayer. And of course, that was what I, the heaviness I had had about going was that I really felt I didn't need to go, but I didn't know why. So you see how good God is? He waited until the time But then when it was time, I knew he gave me the instructions as to why I didn't need to go. You see, because I needed to be prayerful for both of those women. They are very important to me. They are very close to me, and they are very important to God. And they were going through things, and I needed to sit here in my house and be prayerful for them and to follow his instructions about how to pray for them. And so, you know, I just thank God for that. I, I did need to testify to that. So we're going to First Corinthians. You should have your elements now. We're going to First Corinthians, and we're going to uh, chapter 11, and we're going to verse 23. And that's where I'm going to start. And you can read this entire chapter for yourself if you're not familiar with it. By all means, read the whole chapter. It's the Apostle Paul, and he's talking about the Lord's Supper. So that's why we're going to that scripture. So here in verse 23, it says, I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me and in the same